episode 276, Will Poulston. Make it happen in 2018. Welcome. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, former teacher and athlete, now turned lifestyle entrepreneur, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and host of the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Get to the podcast. I'm getting to it, Adam. As usual, please do head over to ayalpha.com to connect with the show, connect with me, and really get all the exclusive stuff and what it's all about. The easiest and most interactive way is men, please do head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, and basically connect with like-minded individuals. And that's what it's really all about. Reach out to me, connect. I'd love to hear your story and what you're up to and what you're doing to make a difference and a change in yourself and in the world. Enjoy this week, speak to you soon, and I look forward to sharing this week's guest. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, Live Limitless. This week is all about making it happen, and it's a perfect timing coming into the new year. We've got Will Paulston on the line. Will works as a mindset strategist and aims to empower you to be able to fulfill your full potential in life and make it happen. Using strategic intervention, Will has worked with celebrities, professional athletes, business owners, and those at the lowest of lows to take their lives from where they are to where they should be and want to be. He aims to heighten feelings of confidence and self-belief. I like the sound of that. I'm ready to have some of this wash over me. Will, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I'm ready to awaken my alpha. How are you doing, Adam? Good, man. Uh, so I feel like it's been on the cards for a while. I'm glad we're getting to take some time to talk about this. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight in your pretty brief bio there? Um, and I think you've, you've sort of uh, you've, you've covered, covered most of the key points there. And, and yeah, look, I mean, ultimately, everything that I do and certainly all of the business activity and a lot of my social activities is revolved around sort of empowering people so I've got a real deep passion for empowering people to achieve what it is they're capable of and um, we've, we've all got our own sort of different terminology awaken your alpha unlock your potential make it happen we've, we've got these words but I think we're, we're very much aligned in, in what it is that we want to do which is sort of make a difference you know for ourselves and for others the fundamentals are the fundamentals I feel and like but it's, it's always the messenger is, is so important and sometimes people think oh I don't want to put that out because there's so much out there but obviously you are an individual and uh, again, you're unique. And I, I, I love the way you put it out there into the world. Tell us a little bit about your origins. Like where are you originally from? Where are you coming from today for the people who obviously can't see? Yeah, for sure. So I am, uh, as you might guess from my accent, I'm, I'm from sunny England um, over here in the UK. I say from my accent, from what, what happens is I've lived in a few different places. I lived in Europe and I lived in South Africa. So my, my, my accent, particularly having the Essex twang, which, uh, which a lot of people like to comment on, that yes, I have a very typical Essex accent. People are like, where are you from? If I go, if I go to the States, I'm like, constantly I'm from Australia. But no, I am from... Oh, that's what I get, 90% Australian all the time over here. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but no, I'm, I'm here from uh, in the UK, in Essex, and specifically right now, I'm sitting in Chelmsford, which is sort of my home hometown. So, what did you want to be growing up? How did you find your way into this area? You know, this office that you're sitting at now, and with the business and make it happen, and what you're all up to at the moment. What did you want to be, and and what was almost your your awakening moment? Because I'm sure you, at, at school careers, they didn't kind of put this as a potential path for you. Mm. Yeah, I didn't go to the careers office and they had mindset strategists as one of the options there. <laughs> um, but one of the first things I wanted to be when I was, uh, when I was at the careers office was, um, was an architect. But way before that, what I actually wanted to be was a fireman. So I, I grew up um, in 
Fireman Sam outfits and watching Fireman Sam and Fireman Sam was my hero. Uh, and I, I don't know if there's maybe sort of a link there unconsciously from when I was sort of a couple of years old of wanting to help people. I'm not sure, but but what, what happened was um, for me, the, the, I had a change in family circumstances when I was about 10-ish. And um, long story short, I ended up creating a belief that money equals happiness. So I went off on a tangent to do whatever I could to earn money. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, at the time, I was very into fashion, and um, I, I ended up getting a job working for. Prior to getting a job, I was sort of the, the typical guy at school, the hustler, you know, that was buying and selling and selling sweets at school, and you name it, wherever I could do to earn a bit of money. Um, because as far as I was concerned, happiness was well, money equaled happiness. Um, and then I ended up getting a, a job in a design store in Chelmsford. Um, so it was sort of really high-end brands, your Gucci's, your Pradas, etc. And I, I thought, well, this is it. I just want to own my own clothes shop. So I decided I wanted to do that. I worked for this shop. And um, it was a couple of years later when there was a local guy that set up a shop um, that was sort of renowned in the UK for being really good at what he does. And that shop failed. And I thought, actually, I need to do something else. So I, uh, I, I thought, well, all my clients, like my clients are very wealthy. I want to be a multimillionaire because money and happiness. Um, <laughs> what are they and it was like well they were either professional footballers or they were stockbrokers or property developers or drug dealers so i thought well i've got to be one of them oh, right i've got to be one of these i want to be a multi-millionaire these are what these multi-millionaires are so what do i do well the, the very first thing i thought well i've got to rule out is is being a professional footballer because um i'm used to football i've grown up playing rugby i've grown up playing ice hockey so um yeah so i'm useless at football the second thing i need to rule out is becoming a property developer because you need loads of money to be a property developer or so <laughs> i thought back then so i ruled that one out so then i was stuck with a conundrum it's like right what do i do do i get involved in the investment world of stock markets and things like that um or, or do i turn to drugs and, and thankfully because of the way that i was brought up i didn't turn to drugs um, <laughs> And, uh, and, and yeah, sort of a bit of investment world with that for a few years. And the real awakening moment, um, literally, I, I call it my lightning moment. It like, just hit me like a bolt of lightning. And I cried for 15 minutes, tears of happiness, um, was at UPW. So I unleashed the power within with, uh, with Tony Robbins. And it was when I realized, it was actually when Tony was telling a story about him and his dad. And if you know, if the big listeners know the story about Tony and uh, the story about Thanksgiving and his dad and, and whatnot. Um, and, and then I realized at that very point, it had never been about money. It had always been about my yeah. dad. Well, just give us a brief, a brief little, just like you say, for those who don't know this story, give us a brief kind of overview of that, that Thanksgiving story. Yeah, sure. So um, what, what happened was Tony's dad, um, I mean, he, it's sort of a bit broken family growing up, and his dad, um, someone came round to give them food, uh, like Thanksgiving food, right? So the turkey and all the trimmings yeah. and all the rest of it. And someone opened the door to give it to him and said, like, we don't accept charity. Like, we don't want your charity. We don't need your charity. But they really did. They didn't have any dinner. They didn't have anything. Um, so he turned him away. And the way that it was worded, what really landed with me was that uh, he was making an excuse. He was making excuses that he didn't need it and things like that. And my dad used to have an excuse um, about my uncle. So I've got two very wealthy uncles. Um, one's a, a billionaire over there in America and, wow. and the, one's a multi, multi-millionaire over here. And my dad always said they just got lucky. They just got lucky. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and, and that was sort of the, the excuse that he always used to say. And ironically, now I don't believe in luck. But, mm. um, 
the that that was where it came from, and that was when I realised like my dad has been making the same excuse, and if he hadn't been making that excuse that Tony's dad did, because sort of that Tony's dad and Tony's mum were the, the catalyst of letting us go and become the incredible person he is, and touched millions and millions of lives, and uh, made a significant impact over the last four decades, and I was like. If I unlock my full potential and ensure that I unlock my full potential and I can have that impact on other people, then it will have a significant impact on not only me, because um, that's what a lot of people think. Oh, well, I don't do it because I, I'm quite happy. I can deal with not being sort of the best version of myself. I can deal with not being like up there. But what they don't understand is the ripple effect that that has. So the ripple effect that it has negatively and the ripple effect that it has positively if they choose to do it. And, and, and that was the moment. From when you had that realisation, what was the practical knock-on effect and how long did it take for things to kind of line up for you till you kind of changed your path? And what were you doing at that time? Yeah, great question. So it's, it's ironic. I, um, I was working for a company, um, it was a stock brokerage in London, and I got really well with the directors and there was a few of us. And I'd always been into personal development. And this is what was really interesting. I fell into personal development because I thought my equal happiness and at 18, I went to commission only job. And I, I read this book called The Secret about the law of attraction. And, and I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. All the good stuff that's ever happened in my life is because I've used the law of attraction. And, and now I can apply that and, and it works. And I got more and more and more immersed in using it practically for myself, really for no other people but myself. Um, and... Then the company I was working for, there was a few of us, there was about 90 people in the company, but there was about six, seven of us that were really quite into personal development. And one of the directors said, we've got to go and see Tony Robbins. And he said, of course I've heard of Tony Robbins. Yeah. Damn, I've heard of Tony Robbins. Let's go. So we nice. went to do it. And um, so, yeah, so he, he, he took me there. That was the result that I went. Um, and that was, I was running a division within the stock brokerage then, and um, and literally, when that happened, I called it my lightning moment. I said, I was crying. I was like, that's it. I want to, at the time, this isn't it now, but at the time, I was like, I want to become the world's best life coach and, um, and and do that. So I, I left. I remember leaving on a Sunday. And the first place I went was to my parents' house. I knocked on the door. And I like, exactly what they told you not to do. Like, don't go out and just go to everyone. I think you're crazy. And I'm like, well, I'm going to change the world. I'm gonna... <laughs> They're like, oh, have you been to a Tony Robbins seminar? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, right? I'm going to change the world. Dad, this happened. And I'm so grateful that this happened. And I've resented because I had like a long period of time and I like, resented my dad. And like, anyway, we're going to that now. But, um, and I'm so grateful and, and this is going to be incredible and I'm going to change the world and I literally I went online and I bought a limited company or like I registered a limited company and the next day I went down the bank and I did all these things and I was like right now I've got to leave my job um, and although sort of I'd lost a lot of interest um, it took me about a year or so before I finally did do that but the excuse that I gave myself was, oh, oh no, I, I can't become the world's best life coach yet because I haven't really made it myself. Mm. So um, I then set up another business with a business partner at the time, um, which was a renewable energy business. And that was great because it helped me sort of grow the, the team and I used to motivate the team and do all really good things. I mean, we had 85 staff within four months. It was like really great. Wow. And then one day government changed legislation and we had to cull that business. And I was like, ah, oh, this is an inconvenience. Yeah. Um, at the time I wasn't saying the word inconvenience that's the language transformational language that I use now uh, that's <laughs> one of those effing beeping 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 <laughs> um, and, uh, and and yeah so I did that and then we set up another business which within the space of a couple of months that pretty much fell I was like what am I doing why am I doing this anyway I, I, I'm just chasing the money I know what I want to do is obviously I want to empower people and it was when I, I went to Mexico uh, I got a really bad um, 
uh, ulcer and they put me on medication antibiotics you can't drink alcohol on, which when you're going on holiday with your girlfriend for 10 days, like you need to be drinking alcohol. Um, you know, I couldn't, we went to this place called Coco Bongos the night before. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's a big party place. Oh. She was absolutely hammered, like ridiculous hammered. I wasn't drinking. The next day I woke up, left her in bed and I went and I was reading another one of the Rhonda Byrne books. I think it was the power one. It talked about a guy called Mastin Kip and Mastin Kip has got the daily love and how he sort of grew his following by tweeting motivational quotes. And one day got retweeted by Kim Kardashian. And that was the second time I had my, uh, my lightning moment. Cause I was like, I don't need to be this big person and, have yeah. achieved these different things. I could literally just be posting motivational quotes. Yeah, start where and, you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I literally, I got back off that holiday. I did one a day. Within a week, I was doing two a day. Within two weeks, I had a website. And within three months, I had a ten thousand strong social media following, and it's just sort of developed from there. Wow, I think we can take from that the power of consistency, definitely, and just removing the excuses. I mean, the people you come across or you work with a lot of times. What are some of the, the common pro or blockages people have in their mindset that's holding them back that you come Is there any things that you pop up a lot for you? Yeah. The, the, the things that I like to refer to for the majority of the time is, is working at sort of an identity level. So what happens is that we create these belief systems of, of who we are, but the, that when you get really deep, like, who are we anyway? So I am Will Polston, you are Adam Lewis Walker. Well, why are we? Well, our parents just gave us a name and we've believed that for the last however many years, right? So it, well, what happens is we create these, these, these things, these things that we place meaning on. Um, so when we get into a really deep level, it's, it's people's identities, people's belief systems. Um, but on the surface level, then yeah, sure, it's things like fear and it's things like uh, assumptions. So a lot of the language that we're using assumptions are things that stop people. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of them, and one that's really debilitating. So, so you mentioned at the beginning, I, I have the, the pleasure of working with a whole host of different people, from people at one end of the spectrum, so your professional athletes and your celebrities that are, are sort of at, at the peak of their game and they want to improve, but then right through to the people on the other end of the spectrum that are literally about to take their own lives. So, um, I, I get to learn a lot about human behaviour and, and what drives people at, at both ends of the spectrum, and a lot of the time it comes down to um, congruence, right? So how congruent we are. And what I mean by congruence is do your actions meet your intentions? Because if your actions don't meet your intentions, there becomes a rift. Mm. For me, that rift is um, a form of symptom. And that symptom comes in the form of an emotion. So when we're feeling some form of emotion, that's normally because that rift has been created and the emotion is a symptom of something a lot of the time and it's identifying well, what is the cause um, of that. So we've all heard of cause and effect. So what is the cause of that symptom? And, um, and, and, and then dealing with that. And, uh, and then, yeah, we, we, we sort of were able to work it out from there and, and incorporating the things that really drive us, like our own habitual needs. So not our wants, but our actual needs, the things that we need to, to grow and survive and, and sort of exist basically. Okay, so we're gonna sort of move into the alpha round a little bit here now. So I like to start that off with what is a particular, or is there a particular quote that really resonates with you or how you like to approach your life by? Anything that springs to mind when you get asked that question? This is my mouse mat, I'll show you this. And obviously everyone else can't see this, but I'm showing it up to the screen okay. for those of you on the podcast. And it, it's a Tony Robbins quote, and it says successful people do what failures won't. 
So that's that's one that, that, that I live by. And I'm going to ask this next question about a particular book, but I'm going to exclude because the Tony Robbins obviously has had a huge impact in your life. So is there any other books outside of the Tony Robbins work that you think actually that's, that was a really useful book or really impactful for you as well? Yeah, hundred um, percent. One or can I tell you a couple? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell um, me a couple. Yeah, so I, I would say, so again, because it was like the first book that I read and uh, in the personal development space is The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, um, The Law of Attraction. What I, what I do say sort of a disclaimer to people now is when they read that, like don't just sit there thinking you have to manifest stuff and it's all going to happen. Like, I'm a big believer in like, manif- like, yeah, believe like Law of Attraction, but then do the action, do the work to go yeah. with it. Um, so I would say that, and one of my other books, and this is one of a, a more of a, a recent book. So actually, another really good one is the Values Factor by Dr. John D. Martini. Highly oh, recommend. Cool. I haven't heard that. I've heard of Dr. John D. Martini, but I haven't heard of the Value Factor. So that's a, that's never been recommended on this show. Boom, a new one, lovely. Yeah, we got <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I was explaining before about belief systems, and, and I'm, I'm obsessed with human behaviour, and and all of our beliefs. Um, are fed from our values so we all have different belief systems because we all have different values right and um and, and it all stems from our values and then another one this is a really really good one in fact to the point that i would say knowing what i know now i mean it's the, it's the book i'm buying people for christmas but that way is a book called soul for happy by mo gorda okay soul for happy by mo gorda and it is if that, I'm probably pronouncing his name terribly wrong, but G-A-W-B-A-T, and it is incredible. Awesome. I like the sound of that. Yeah, and I haven't heard that one either yet. That's brilliant. So moving into, obviously, I think we're going to tie it in because this show will be coming out before Christmas, into that New Year period. I mean, that's a, usually a big time in either gym memberships, personal development. A lot of people are looking to make changes. If someone's coming into the, or the end of 2017 and they're really – they're not, they're not happy with how 2017, they're really not feeling it. Even if it's just, you know, their, their mindset, they, they could outwardly be successful in certain areas, but up here they're struggling in a mindset perspective. What are some of the things that you could suggest of how they could approach 2018 so it's not a rerun of 2017 and make some significant changes? Yeah, of course. So um, my, my whole coaching philosophy is based on three core principles and that's clarity, action, and accountability. So if, if people, regardless of whether this year has been amazing or whether it's been not as expected, um, then what we need to do is check in. And one of the things that I do at the end of every year, it's one of my favorite days of the year is I take out, I, I do a whole day because I'm a bit of an extremist. I do a whole day to, to review the previous year and to set my goals for the following year. Um, a lot of the goals I'm already aware of loosely, but I like really refine them yeah. and, and, and sort of nail them down. So the first thing I'd say is, is, is identify what didn't happen. Sorry, first of all, reflect on like what went really well, right? So what, what went really well and count all of the small wins, all of the big wins, all of the things. So review that. Um, secondly is what didn't go quite as planned and what would you have done differently, right? So in knowing what you know now and, and knowing obviously what's coming up, what would you do differently moving forward uh, is something that's really important. And there's something that I do, um, which some of you might have heard of, is the Wheel of Life. And it's an exercise, which if you Google it, it comes up and it's easy enough to understand. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer in that a lot of the times the areas that we're, we're lacking in the most in our own life. So I think of typically there's eight core, core areas, our career, our finances, our health, our social life, 
um, our family life, our spouse, our attitude, and what have I forgotten? Our personal development, our own personal growth. Um, those those core areas are the one that you're lacking in the most in terms of that you score yourself the lowest on. If you work on that and that alone as, as for sort of a short term sprint, that will have a positive effect on all of the other areas. So that's that's what I I as we said to people review that, identify what your weakest at, and then obviously be able to um, uh, apply. Yeah, and I think I think what's important what you're saying there as well. This is the wheel of life. They are core areas. It's not you know going to find a, an obscure weakness where an area of knowledge that you've got no interest in and then strengthening that because you don't need to do that. But it, these are core areas of life and, uh, you know, where it's kind of essential to life that each one of them has kind of a certain stand. And I completely agree, you know, that that will push other areas forward. So Wheel of Life, though, they're moving into 2018. What else do you think is kind of a, a common pitfall when people get their Wheel of Life? What are some of the, the potential pitfalls where people get there and they think, oh, I've got this, I've gone through this process what is next i know you said clarity accountability or there was some an action as well yeah yeah so so clarity action accountability so my i, I run something called the goal achieving formula um and it's and i'll explain it in a second it's a, it's a goal setting exercise that ensures people achieve goals so there's a, a couple of things to understand and, and people talk about new year's resolutions new year new me 365 days of a new page 365 days of a new book or whatever it is all that stuff that people say mm. and the fact of the matter is 98% of people fail to achieve their New Year's resolutions, right? 98% is an astonishing, astonishing figure. And the, the, the reason I put that down to is because a lot of people, they, they overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10, or they're not committed enough. So my, my goal achievement for me starts with, like, what is your goal? And I, I used... Um, probably heard of smart goals before, um, so smart, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic time frame. But then I've got a couple of things to add on the end of that when you're writing the goals, which is positively phrasing the present tense. So you'd start it from somewhere I am rather than I will be. Um, so write the goal out in a smart PB format. Um, but then the thing that's really important to understand is what are the benefits? Because the only reason we ever the only reason we ever really set any goals or desire to achieve any goals is to do one thing or one thing only, and that's change the way that we feel. So regardless of whether your goal is a health goal, a fitness goal, getting new golf clubs, achieving a scratch handicap, winning the league, whatever it is, um, getting a girlfriend, getting married, whatever, is to change the way that we feel. So understand from the get-go, like, what are the benefits? Because when the times when you don't want to do them, they're the things that you need to remember, right? Because commitment is... Um, being willing to do the things you want to do way after the feeling um, that you're in when you set them. That's what commitment is as far as I'm concerned. And by by doing that, um, you move forward by focusing on the benefits, not necessarily the goal, because the goal is just the goal, but what the actual physical emotions can be, what am I drawn to? Then setting specific actions, so what are the actions that I'm going to take? then setting a commitment level to those actions so on a scale of one to ten like how committed are you if it's not a ten you're not going to do it so just tweak the action so if it was like right i'm going to go running five times a week well i'm i've never run in my life and now all of a sudden i'm going to run it five times a week i'm like five out of ten committed to that well what are you committed to? well maybe i'm committed to going out for three walks a week well go and do that you know it's like start that process einstein called the, the compound effect the eighth wonder of the world and like you can build upon things run wasn't built on a day all those cheesy and you can use of, of growing things but the other thing as well is that when you're doing it it's going right well, what are the roadblocks 
What are the things that could potentially come up that are going to stop me from getting where I want to get to? Identify them from the get-go, and then you can create what we call roadblock actions, which are things that you would do that you can default into should those things happen. So chances are, if you're thinking of them now when you're setting the goal, it's highly likely they're going to come up. So think of those roadblock actions. Think about how you're going to celebrate and then finally get someone to hold you accountable like every week or every month. Um, someone that's just going to make sure that you do certain things. And if it means you have to have consequences as a result of doing them because you're that type of person, then do that. Um, if, if just having the celebration isn't enough to drive you, if, if having some sort of pain, so we've got two drivers, right? Yeah. To move towards pain, uh, towards pleasure away from pain. Um, if, if you need a, a driver to move away from pain, um, whether that's pay money to charity or do whatever it is you need to do, if, if it, whatever that pain might be for you, um, then um, I'm not saying that that's painful, by the way. <laughs> well, I got, I got, uh, there's a good one. I think there was a, there's an online company. I can't remember the resource now, but it's linked to that, but it's to give money to charity or a cause that you don't believe in that you hate. So for example, let's just say you didn't believe in Trump <laughs> and it, but the, 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 the pain would be, you've got a donation. If you don't hit your goal, the donation would go to that cause, for example. So I got it's a link on that one. Yeah, that's that's my. I mean, I just thought that was in my head, but that's maybe a better way to do it. You might then <laughs> money. Yeah, to paid to charity. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah. when it comes to your habits, and again, I'm gonna think that you're doing it. You know, a lot of the Tony type actions as well, because I'm getting a lot of vibe. I can see how it's, it's awesome to see how the, the effect Tony has had on you, and I can feel sort of the, the Tonyisms coming out. But is there any habits or things that you think are essential that maybe? You know, people would be surprised that you do. What helps keep you on the straight and narrow? And whether it's, I know you're a lover of galaxy chocolate. I've seen that and I relate to that. I'm looking forward to some galaxy chocolate myself. Is there anything else that helps keep you on the straight and narrow? And link to that, there could, I know you've, you've given us quite a few resources in there. There could be some resources in there that are useful to you or help keep your business or your life on track. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a couple. I'm trying to think of the ones, like you say, that aren't necessarily... Um, or aren't necessarily like the, the norm. What would I say is a bit different. So I'll explain what I do and some of these will be the norm. So for yeah. me, like the very, very first thing that I do literally within minutes, seconds of opening my eyes is I grab my phone, I read a daily declaration, a uh, personal declaration of how I want to be and like the type of person that I, I, I want to be, but it's written in the peasant tense. Um, I, I read the Ogmodano scrolls every day. Um, okay. I am familiar with the open demo scrolls, the 10 scrolls. Um, I read those every day. I read one of them every day. And then you read them for a month, read it for a whole month. I've done that for a few years now. Um, I then handwrite what I'm grateful for. I mean, I drink lemon water. There's a few basic things there. Um, what's something that I tell you what I do do that a lot of people probably don't do necessarily is that um, I have no notifications on my phone. So okay. Have, yeah. So I have to proactively go into apps in order to get notifications. The only things that I get um, notifications on are text messages, which I don't really communicate by text messages and, and phone calls. But even then, my phone's always... I've, yeah, I've done that in the last couple of years. And I think that's, that's absolutely huge because it just, no matter what you say, if you've got notifications coming up, it does derail you. And it can be constant if you've got something. One distraction, I, as much as like we'll be sitting here, my phone goes off and it's the other way around. But if my phone was to go off, it takes you 17 minutes to fully re-engage. You think how many distractions we've come on at us at any given point? 17 minutes um, to, to fully re-engage with whatever we were doing. Um, so yeah, that's one. Um, 
And and the other thing as well, I'm, and this may be more bits of maybe a creature of habit, but it worked for me, is that I double up almost everything. That's probably for my own peace of mind. So like, I have um, like all of my, my, I have a wash bag. I don't have a wash bag. And then if I'm going to the gym, I take it out of the bathroom and take it with me. Like I have wash bag, I have the, my work set up. I have the identical work set up here as I do at home and I, but I keep my laptop different. So you, so my, I plug my screens into the laptop. So literally I can be working here, go home, plug in my screens and I'm working exactly the same. Literally I've got the, I've got the same. It, everything is, is identical. Um, ah, I like that. I like that. The same keyboard, you name it, everything's identical. So wherever I'm, where I'm working, um, where I'm at home, where I'm in the office, um, yeah things are the same the same desk the same shit like stuff in the drawers you name it so who do you recommend from your network because i mean we haven't really talked about you know the your the business in terms of the network you're building but from that network and i know you have speakers come to your events and you can definitely delve into that who do you recommend would be a great interview for this show both in terms of the vibe of awakening ralph but also a good interview as well oh wow um richard mccann yeah, good, become a good friend of mine over the last year or so. Um, what, there's, there's a lot of good people in the personal rooms industry, but the thing that I've learned, and someone did warn me, is that there's, what you learn when you get in is quite a few sharks as well. Mm. Uh, and, and I've experienced that. Um, Rich McCann is one of the most amazing people you've ever met. Um, so He's on my radar. I saw a thing where he was doing, a, he had a challenge of doing a certain amount of... Um, talks or do, like presentations in a certain amount of time and he was doing them on a train and all these different things and like say he lives and breathes it he's into it which is what i came across from seeing him briefly i, I love that yeah so without knowing too much about him so long long story short um he's his mum was the first person to be killed by the yorkshire ripper when he was like oh, five limey um so there's one thing losing a parent there's another thing losing a parent at five years old and there's another one being it done so publicly in the way that it was and um so yeah, I mean, his story is incredible. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you've got to get on the show, connect you guys, and, and, and that can happen for sure. Um, he's he's definitely an incredible guy. Um, Stephen Robinson, which again is one of his friends, um, they call him the one-armed pilot. Um, he's, he's sort of been in a lot over here. Um, he is the one-armed pilot. He's, he's got a pretty incredible story, which again I'll I'll leave him to elaborate on. Just in wrapping up, what is the one question that you, you wished I'd asked or you thought I was going to ask and you feel like I've missed a trick here? Is there anything that springs to mind? Um, the answer is no, there isn't. I mean, I'm sort of searching for something now uh, <laughs> that, uh, that, that you've asked. But I guess, what is it that drives me? Feel free to answer that. I mean, it really comes across quite early on. It's that to help people. That's what comes across from the Fireman Sam days to coming all the way up to present day maybe was missing from the, the trading days or when you was in that, you know, chasing the money ultimately. Um, but that's what comes across. But no, what, what do you feel really drives you and is going to continue to drive you into 2018? Oh, for sure. It's, it, it, what, what it comes back down to, and you're, you're right, is um, I, I, I experienced emotionally um, and my family did what happens when a member of your family doesn't achieve what it is that they're really capable of. Um, they really don't sort of stretch themselves and, and, and it created lots of different relationships with me. And, and I just don't want people to have to go through that experience. You know, I, I don't want people to, to have that impact negatively as a result of not doing things that they're capable of because of stuff they tell themselves. And, um, and I know how positive the impact 
can be, all right, sure, sometimes there's some short-term sacrifices, but in the long term, it's significantly impactful, beneficial, um, and it's, it's, it's a win-win for all involved uh, as a result of what happens. So, yeah. Awesome. And what's the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more? Yeah, sure. So, um, sort of on the usual platforms, uh, Facebook is, is, is obviously one of them. Uh, I run a group called the Elite Network Community, which we've got, I don't know, 3,000 or so people in there. I'm, I'm sort of really active in that. Instagram, at Will Polston. Um, they're sort of the, the main social media channel. I mean, just the YouTube channel stuff. It's got some some stuff on there, but they're the, the, the things that I'm engaging in most often is, is Facebook and uh uh, yeah, Facebook in the group and uh, on Instagram. Cool. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I knew it'd fly. It feels like it's not as usual for us. Whenever we see each other, it's usually like ships that pass in the night. At least we've got a, a good chunk of time to talk here, but we need more as usual. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Head over to Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, to join a great group of men in there. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.